Hello, and welcome to the Grayson Taylor Podcast, the podcast for young artists and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Grayson Taylor. I'm a published novelist, professional actor, composer, and independent filmmaker. This podcast is all about the creative arts, writing, filmmaking, acting, Lego building, composing, and more, including reviews of the latest films and books. Now let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about how to make your first short film. Now I started filmmaking back in 2012, so I've been making short films for about seven or eight years now. And they include films like Suspect, Spy Squad, Enigma Island, uh, and more that, um, that we're working on right now. So today I'm going to be sharing some tips that I've learned over the years of filmmaking, and hopefully they will help you in your own films. Now these tips are relevant, uh, whether this is your first film or your 15th film. Uh, it, of course the, the tips can, can apply to uh, any film that you make, but this one is specifically for uh, first-time short filmmakers. So I'm going to be going through the entire process of making a film, from the first idea and the screenplay to post-production and releasing it. Now this is just a rather simplified overview of making a short film, because there are so many things involved that we can't really get into all the little details of uh, filmmaking in this one episode, similar to my previous episode on writing your first novel. So without further ado, let's get into how to make your first short film. So of course, the first step in making your short film is the idea. But before we get into all of that, let's set some basic rules as the groundwork. So when I say short film, I mean, I'd say maybe under half an hour, or around the half hour mark. Anything over that is, uh, I mean, it's not exactly short. Uh, it's, it's a bit unclear what like a 45 minute would, uh, film would be. But I would recommend making a short film before you make a, a two-hour film or even a one-hour film for obvious reasons. You know, you need to have some experience before you attempt something that big. So I'd recommend starting out with something rather short. It could be five minutes, it could be ten minutes, uh, and you can slowly work your way up to longer pieces. But remember that length does not mean quality. So I would definitely recommend keeping it under 15 minutes, especially if this is your first film. Uh, 15 minutes is even sort of long, and I know it doesn't sound extremely long, because we're used to seeing, you know, two-hour films, maybe even two-and-a-half-hour films, or like three-hour films sometimes, and so that's sort of what we want to make sometimes. We're like, oh, we see those, and, and those are the kind of films that we want to be making. But the truth is, those take a lot of time, and they're a lot of work, and so much goes into it that I would not advise doing that as your first film. Definitely not. Uh, so attempt something smaller. This is similar to the idea of starting uh, your writing journey with short stories rather than a novel, and then working your way up to a longer form narrative. Now, at least in my mind, especially if this is your first short film, the single most important thing should be finishing the film. I don't care how terrible it seems, you know, it may seem like a wreck and uh, you get into the editing room and you're just stuck with a bunch of footage that you don't really love, but the important thing with your first short film is to finish it. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It doesn't have to be uh, an Oscar-winning film, of course. This is your first film, so set your expectations at a reason reasonable level. Don't expect too much 
but definitely try to finish it. Because if you never finish a film, then you've never made a film. It doesn't matter how far you got, even if you got to post-production. If it's not finished, then it's not a film. The art of finishing is one of the most potent struggles in most creative projects, especially longer ones. Even making a 5 or 10 minute film can take quite a while. I mean, I've made films that have taken over a year to make. Spy Squad, which was uh, like a little over 20 minutes, took uh, over a year to make. And when I finished that film, that was actually a turning point for my filmmaking journey. Because uh, during the making of Spy Squad, uh, I, I had started to think that it would never get done, and maybe I would never finish a film, and, you know, maybe I should just give up on, on making films entirely, because up until that point, I hadn't really finished a whole lot of films, or films that I thought were that great. I'd, I'd made several films before then, but I'd started a lot more than I'd actually finished, because I had so many ideas for these different films that I would make, but so few of them actually got into development, and even the ones that did get into development rarely made it all the way to post-production and to a finished cut of a film. So once I finished that film, it was uh, so freeing because I knew I could do this. I could actually finish a film. And even if it wasn't exactly the way I had envisioned it, it was done. It was a complete film. So that is one reason why finishing your film is one of the most important things, especially if it's your first. And let's get into the concept for the film. So where do you get your idea from for this film that you're going to make? Well, you may already have an idea in mind, but if not, now is the time to brainstorm. There is basically an infinite supply of ideas out there, and you can be inspired by other films, books, basically any other form of art or a location you visit, uh, just an idea you have, a dream, anything. For several of my films, the idea for them has actually been sparked by a location that I wanted to shoot in. This is the way that many films have been made, including uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was uh, sort of similar. It was um, uh, George Lucas had some ideas in mind for uh, things that he wanted to see in a film, like different stunts he wanted to uh, have in a film, and so uh, they ended up putting that together into a script that eventually became Indiana Jones, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so, for example, Suspect, uh, I knew we were going on uh, some trips to cool places like, uh, you know, San Diego and uh, other places in California and Boston um, and upstate New York, so... I started writing a script uh, that would fit the, uh, these locations, and I had also had an idea to make a film about a young, rich kid whom I would play, uh, and so that, that just fit into these locations that we were going uh, to. In addition to the idea of uh, this, this rich, sort of arrogant uh, kid who was like the the owner uh, of a successful tech company, I also had the idea that there would be a murder mystery involved. And so I basically put the idea of this murder mystery with the main character being this rich uh, entrepreneur kid and 
the location that we are going to, and then I made a film out of that. So locations can definitely be an inspiration for films, and combined with uh, plot and characters, they can be uh, a compelling base to build a film off of. And another thing that you can use as inspiration is uh, you can base your, uh, your film off of something that's already been created. Now you have to be careful with this, of course, because you don't want to violate any copyright laws, assuming you're going to distribute this or show it to anyone or put it into any film festivals. Although if this is your first film, uh, you, you might not uh, want to do that because you might not think it's, it's the best because, you know, if, if your main goal here is just to get it finished, which it should be for your first film, then it might not be uh, the, the most presentable film, uh, but at least it'll be a film that you have made. And it, uh, every film that you make is a step uh, toward a better film. And uh, you learn from every experience in filmmaking. So you can adapt a previously established story uh, to a film version. This is sort of what we did for Dark Waters. Uh, we, my sister and I are currently writing the novel, Dark Waters, and uh, we're making the film based off of that book. And so because we wrote it, it was uh, it was a lot better than if we had been taking another person's story because we knew the characters very well. We knew that everything that was going to happen, even though we hadn't actually finished the book yet. And uh, we, we own the rights to the story, so there's no copyright problems there. And so I've also based a few of my other films off of books that I've written. I made uh, short films of Mission X, which was a short story that I wrote, and Future, although none of those are are available now because they uh, they weren't the best. I used too much green screen, but we'll talk about that later, I think. And so you can, if you've written a book or a story that you think would be a good film, then definitely uh, y you could use that either as inspiration, you could like loosely base your film on that, or it could be a direct, uh, a direct adaptation of the story into the medium of film. When you're selecting what story you're going to base your film off of if you are doing that. You need to be careful because uh, you don't want to make a film uh, that is extremely hard to shoot. For example, I, I made a short film of Future, as I said before, which uh, didn't work out extremely well because Future takes place about 400 years in the future and there's a lot of high-tech technology it's a sci-fi action adventure. It has a lot of characters and a lot of locations, you know, flying ships and explosions, battles, all sorts of things. And so that was very hard to do with a $0 budget. Uh, basically, we just resorted to using a bunch of green screen, and that's about it. Uh, so it didn't look very good. Uh, I'm going to talk about this more in a bit. Uh, you should definitely, when you're writing uh, your screenplay make sure that you can actually make this film. You know, you don't want to uh, write something that will require a million-dollar budget uh, for obvious reasons, because you, you're a kid and you can't get a million-dollar budget. Make sure that your film, the idea that you have for your film, is feasible, and you can actually implement it and make it a reality on film. Way too many times I've seen with myself and with others 
a project uh, starting that is extremely hard to undertake and impossible with near uh, pretty much no budget. So, you know, don't write something like uh, based off of a uh, a really massive scale uh, novel or something, or like uh, don't don't you know make uh, your own version of a Star Wars film for several reasons, you know, for copyright reasons, and also because you just can't really do that uh, because of, you know, budgetary problems. So write something that you can film. Now, I like to be sort of ambitious with my films, and I I make action-adventure films, murder-mystery films, uh, cross-country films, people uh, hunting other people across the country, people being chased by the government, you know, different things like that, spy films, uh, mystery films, all sorts of uh, films that normally would probably have a, a rather large budget, but I can do them with uh, basically no budget. Uh, you just have to be resourceful and make sure that what you're writing, even if it is on a rather big scale, uh, is doable with almost no money. <laughs> So once you have the original concept for a film, you might be so excited with the idea that you just want to start making it right now. But I would uh, take a moment to step back and look at it and examine it and see if it really is a good idea. I'd come up with uh, you know several other ideas. If this is your first film, you can maybe come up with a list of a bunch of ideas and uh, you know look at them all, evaluate them, think well, how do these work and how do these not work? Find the one that fits best, the one that you can uh, film the best and the one uh, that has the the most promise in it. It has a strong plot, a strong central idea. Maybe you even have characters in your mind at this point, uh, but not necessarily. Those things might come along as you're writing the script. But make sure that your idea is a very strong one before you set out on this process of making it into a film. So once you have this beautiful concept that you've refined over many days, even weeks, maybe even months of brainstorming and uh, thinking it over, coming up with other ideas and, and testing them to see which ones work the best, then it's time to start writing the screenplay. So if you want writing advice, I would definitely go to my other episodes on writing, but for now we're going to be covering just the basics of writing your screenplay. Now, a screenplay is very important, because without it, I mean, it's going to be a pretty loose film, which can work sometimes, but usually it doesn't. Now, a lot of uh, kids make films without a script, and usually they're not extremely good, and because you need a structure to work off of. Your actors need specific lines that have been pre-written, because improv can sometimes work, but it doesn't always work, and it's probably not going to line up exactly with what you have in mind. So this is why you need to write a script. So in terms of format, a script uh, is made up of a few basic elements. The first would be the header, which is something like X New York City Street, Night, X standing for exterior, and Int standing for interior. So these headers are called slug lines and they introduce where a scene is taking place. They're like the breaker between uh, every scene. It's basically like a chapter heading that tells you 
where it's taking place, when it's taking place. And then there are the stage directions, which tell you what is going on, you know, what the characters are doing, uh, what exactly the place looks like. Uh, it's basically a description in your script, but try to keep it sparse because you're not writing a novel here. This is more just contextual information that will help you on set and help direct your actors. And then there's the dialogue, of course. If you do have dialogue in your film, some films, especially shorter ones, don't always have dialogue. And so uh, you can try making films without dialogue. I've made a few without dialogue, and it's an interesting experiment. Um, but the films that I make are mostly... Uh, with dialogue. And many word processing softwares uh, do have a template for screenplays. For example, Word has a template for a screenplay that I use to write my scripts. Now, I'm not going to go a whole lot into the details of writing the screenplay, but here are a few tips. Start your screenplay as early in the story as possible, especially because this is a short film. You want to have it beginning uh, at the latest possible moment. In other words, you're not having a lengthy prologue that you don't really need or anything like that. It starts right where it needs to start. Your viewers get just the right amount of information, and uh, you can really get going quickly, as opposed to slowing down, because this is a short film. You want to move things along at a pretty rapid pace. Secondly, incorporate some twists. Pretty much all of my films incorporate a twist at the end. The twist is usually the climax in my films, but you can include some twists uh, along the way. And that adds a lot of depth to your story and uh, sparks some intrigue among your viewers. Now, you're going to need to finish the script, so I would make a schedule of sorts to help you with the writing process and make sure you get it all done. Uh, so maybe set a, a page count that you want to have done uh, by the end of a week or something like that. And... Usually, screenplays, uh, if they're short, hopefully they won't take that long to write, um, but it can it can be fluid. It can take weeks, or it could maybe even take days if you're really writing fast. Uh, and so, just make sure you, you sit down, or stand up, as I do, and write the script, because it needs to be written. So once you've finished the first draft of your script, it's time to go into revising and editing it. Because it's short, it's not that big of a process to go through, but it is definitely necessary, and it will, I assure you, improve your film. So go through and make sure uh, that there aren't any things that need to be changed, any plot holes or anything. Uh, make sure you, you fix any errors in, in dialogue that, that don't make sense, or uh, you know, make the characters more believable, things like that. Now, grammatical and spelling errors don't matter as much in a screenplay because no one's really seeing it except for your actors and everybody who's working on the film. Your viewers will not be seeing the script, probably. But I would advise uh, making sure that it looks presentable, that uh, it's polished enough, because if you're going to get people to work on this film, you're probably going to show them the script. And if they're going to work on this film, they would like to see that the script is polished and at least readable. <laughs> so once you're done with your own revisions, going back through the script and fixing everything that you can fix, then it's time to go to a read-through. And what this is, is you basically just get all your actors together and read through the script. It doesn't even have to be the people who are going to be in the film. At this point, you might not even know who's going to be in the film. But just get a group of people together 
and read through the script. It could even be two people, but the more people the better because you want as much feedback as you can get. And you could even have people there that aren't playing parts. You could have one person uh, reading stage directions or just people there to listen to the script. And this is important because after you're done with it, uh, you can get feedback from these people. And also just hearing the script read aloud can draw your attention to some things that you want, might want to fix in the script. So what I do after a read-through is I have previously printed out a sheet with questions on it. Not too many, or else uh, your uh, participants in the reading might get annoyed. But uh, just a decent amount of questions to give me enough information to improve the script. And then I hand them out uh, to everyone who's at the reading, and uh, they write down their answers. You know, these questions could be something like, uh, were the jokes funny enough? Uh, was the twist surprising enough? How did you feel about this character? Uh, did you think the setting worked with uh, the situation that was going on there? Uh, did it make sense? Were there some things that just were sort of baffling? Did you catch any plot holes or, or any mistakes that... I haven't realized before, and these uh, responses that you'll get will be very helpful. And usually the people at your reading will be your family, most likely, and maybe some friends, uh, and they will hopefully provide you with honest feedback, because you want to make sure that they're not uh, writing down something that isn't really the truth just to make you feel good. Uh, you do want constructive feedback to help you improve the script. Now, a very important thing to keep in mind is that you're probably going to need to cut some things from your script. Because this is a short film, you don't want it to be too long, and if your screenplay is over 15 pages, then I'd say that's too long for your first short film. And you might feel like you can't cut anymore because the plot just needs all those pages, but see if there are any moments that you can cut. Because... You want this to be short, your future self will thank you. Uh, the shorter it is, the less filming you have to do, and uh, the easier the production process will be. So sometimes you have to be ruthless in cutting. You might end up having to cut a scene that you really liked, but maybe you can take a joke from that scene and put it in another scene. And you may have to cut a character altogether, but maybe you can take that character, if you really like that character, and put it in another film. So once you're finished with your script, once you've done a read-through, once you've finished revising it, once you've gone through and cut everything that you can possibly cut and uh, shaved it down to its best and simplest form, then it's time to assemble your team that's going to help you make this film. This means your actors, uh, your crew people, everyone who's going to be involved in the making of this film. Now... You are probably going to be the you're going to be the director, the writer, the producer, and probably the editor as well. And you're probably not going to have an extremely big cast and crew. Uh, for example, I I have worked um, on films where I've had a crew of uh, maybe four or five people. Um, for Spy Squad, for example, uh, we had plenty of our actors as crew members, you know, uh, if a character is not in a shot, we'll have them be the camera person. Uh, these are just things that you have to do if you don't have a large um, uh, collection of people available to help out with your film. 
as a filmmaker, you have to be very resourceful. So I would recommend using your family as your cast and crew. Uh, this is what I've done with many of my films. It also helps that all of my family members are actors for the most part, um, especially my immediate family. Everyone in my immediate family has been an actor at some point in their life, uh, and so it helps uh, with them being in my films because you know they, they know how to act. Uh, and I'm also in my films mainly because I'm an actor and because I, um, I know how to write lines for myself, I guess, and I, um, I know what I want, so it's, it's, I don't have to, you know, direct myself, and also because, you know, we need as many people, uh, in the cast and crew as we can get, and so I'm usually a character, uh, most of the time the main character. So if you have acting abilities and you know anyone in your family uh, who has acting abilities, uh, then definitely you can uh, use yourself in the film and politely request that your family members uh, play a character in the film. And you can approach your friends as well, uh, people you know, uh, to be in your film, and likely they'll be glad to help out if the scheduling can work out. So when you're shooting, make sure to plan around other people's schedules so that you're not inconveniencing them for the sake of the film. So I've had my family, uh, my immediate family, and my extended family in my films. I've had friends in my films, my friends' parents in my films. Basically, you can uh, request that, that uh, someone you know play a character, and usually, if, um, if they're willing, they, they will uh, be in the film. But don't expect that they'll be extremely great at acting necessarily. They might not have had a lot of experience previous to this, but, um, you know, you w work with what you have and, and definitely thank them for uh, helping out with your project because every little bit of help uh, helps. <laughs> so when you are uh, casting people in your film, you can do auditions, but I don't really do this because normally I know who's going to be playing roles as I write them. And this is an important thing to keep in mind when you're writing the script. Make sure you know how you're going to be doing everything that you're writing in the script. So you should have an idea of who you're going to have play these specific roles. And if you can, uh, have them agree to be in the film, or ask them to be in the film at least, uh, when you're writing the script. So that you don't end up with a script that's reliant on this one character, and you don't actually have anyone to play that character. That is a bad situation. Also, on a similar note, when you're writing the script, uh, know which locations you're going to need and make sure you can actually shoot in those locations. Uh, because I, I had planned, for example, to shoot at the UN headquarters. I would have a fight scene in front of the UN building uh, in New York City uh, in Spy Squad. But um, I knew there were logistical difficulties with that, uh, but... It, it ended up being uh, practically impossible. I mean, it would have been hard and, and risky, so I ended up actually rewriting the entire second half of Spy Squad, and we uh, shot the second half of the film a year after we had shot the first half of the film. So in addition to asking friends and family to be actors, you can also ask people to be crew members. I usually have a very small crew. It's basically just a cameraman... Uh, or woman, or whoever it is, and, uh, you know, we might have people uh, doing 
lighting or, or things like that, but especially when you're doing guerrilla filmmaking, which I have an episode about, uh, you can you don't really have much of a crew. Basically, you just have a camera person and then the actors in front of the camera. And keep in mind that you're probably not going to be able to pay these people that you're asking to be in your film, so uh, make sure to be nice to them. And maybe in return for uh, their help with the film, you could give them uh, you know, a free copy of the film, a, a copy of the script, you know, something in return for the work that they're doing. So then you have to figure out where you're going to shoot the film. Now, I usually know where I'm going to shoot the film when I'm writing the script. This helps me to know uh, how to describe the location that I'm shooting in. It helps me to know how exactly I'm going to be able to shoot this when I'm writing uh, the script. So I like to know where I'm going to be shooting way in advance of actually shooting there. But definitely make sure you have the right to shoot in these places, uh, because there are plenty of places that are private property, and so you're not actually supposed to shoot there uh, without permission. So, for example, if you want to shoot in a friend's house, uh, you can probably get that friend's permission, and just make sure you're clear with them how long you're going to be there and, and what's going to be going on uh, at the shoot. And uh, there are also more difficult situations, like... You might want to shoot, uh, for example, like I was saying previously at the UN, which uh, you should definitely research beforehand, make sure what the, uh, the rules are about filming uh, and using the space around the building, especially if it's inside the building, because there's a difference between shooting outside and shooting inside. If you're shooting just in a city on the street or something, you don't need a, a permit for that usually. Uh, if you're doing guerrilla filmmaking style, where you just have your actors and a camera person and maybe a few other people. But if you're going to be parked in one location, especially in a busy location, if you're going to have lights set up or something, you definitely need to get permission. Unless it's an extremely deserted area, uh, like where it's just an empty street that no one really uses, and you're not taking up a large portion of the street. So definitely be considerate of the people who you're going to be around and the area that you're going to be uh, sort of taking over, and definitely don't take over an area. Uh, be as small and condensed as possible. Don't spread out your equipment all over an entire block. Uh, try to keep it as small as possible, and try not to bother anyone who is in the area that you're shooting. And definitely ask people if you can shoot in a certain location. Uh, for example, if, if you want to shoot in a store or something, uh, ask one of the, like, ask the manager of the store if you can shoot there, and make it clear once more what the conditions are and what it's going to be like, and once again, be as small as possible, and don't bother anyone, and be nice. Being nice is an essential part of filmmaking, actually, and you're probably going to need props and costumes as well, so get these ready beforehand so that you're not having to scramble to get together these things on the day of the shoot. If you need a knife or something, don't get a real knife unless it's for a close-up or something. You know, for Dark Waters and for Suspect, we use this fake knife that I got on Amazon for pretty cheap. It, uh, and, you know, don't spend a lot of money on costumes and props. If you can, just use what you already have. Uh, use clothes that you have, and you might have to get creative with some things, but uh, you can ask people if they have certain props or certain costumes that they can bring, and... Once again, be nice, because filmmaking is a collaborative effort, and you always have to respect the people that you're working with. So that concludes part one of how to make your first short film. 
Make sure to listen to part two to find out all about budgeting, working on set with actors, editing, releasing, and promoting your film. And to watch all my films that uh, I mentioned in this episode, uh, you can go to my website, graysontaylor.info. As always, that's my name, .info, like information. And there you can find all my films uh, that I've released publicly, and um, you can see behind-the-scenes pictures of uh, my own process in in making my films. So definitely check those out, and I hope you enjoy them. And if you haven't yet, make sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please consider leaving a review. That can be on the forum of my website or on the review section of this podcast. So to all you young entrepreneurs and artists out there, stay creative and have a great week.